What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another amazing traveling episode of the podcast. This is episode number 16, Liz. I can't count this high. I think it's episode number 16, and we are really, really excited about this one because we're not in our house. We are mobile, mobile but not mobile Alabama, which is actually mobile Stop, Alabama. We're super excited. Uh, we are up in, are we in Spartanburg? Duncan? Woodruff. Woodruff. I can't even say it because of my speech. Close to the Spartanburg area with our near and dear, uh, far and dear friends, pastors, Tyler and Holly still. Very excited to have them. Um, It's going to (laughs) be, this is going to be one of the most ridiculous episodes I think we've ever had. Um, But we really are excited to do this um, and to expose you guys to them and to their ministry and stuff. They pastor over at Story Church. You can find them on storychurchsc.com, or you can always follow them on Instagram, which we love Instagram, at storychurchsc. And it's going to be a great episode, Liz. So good. Probably what, like 11, 12 years now? Something like that. Life. We were talking on the way up here how they did not come to our wedding and we just celebrated 10 years. Yeah, no. Because they were busy <laughs> moving because we you didn't know exp- we were going to be such good friends. Yeah, you should explain that. It's fine. They were invited, but they were. But chose yes. not to come. <laughs> well, had to move, yes. Um, so, yeah, we thought that we would do something really cool and just kind of open up for some fun stories and some. Um, really just want to talk about how. Uh, how important ministry friendships are in specifically in the context of a ministry couple that we grew really close to. Um, and then they left us. True. So uh, started off, well, I guess I'm going to give this one to you. Ready. So tell us how you and Taylor, because it's really you and Taylor who worked at the church together. So tell us, how you guys did ministry together and what a goober you thought he was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, technically we weren't doing ministry together because you were working for someone who was working alongside me. So I was doing middle school ministry and you were leading worship for high school and young adults. And I was a volunteer in young adults and pastoring middle school. But all I could remember, the only memory that comes to mind is uh, you set up red lights all over the building for what? youth for a certain series. And it was supposed to be like creepy. And you set red lights up everywhere. And red lights are my least favorite color lighting ever. Yeah, no, I remember that. Do you know, remember what series it was? I do not remember that at all. <laughs> I just remember in the foyer, there was like red lights everywhere. Were there strobe lights and stuff yeah, too? There was okay, like yeah, strobing yeah, yeah. and everything. I think I played, literally I went on YouTube and I found like war sounds, like machine yeah. guns were going and had strobes in the foyer and stuff. It was, uh, it was interesting. Was that's the all. Purge, that's purge Maybe the Purge series. It was the know. Purge. Oh my gosh. Which was an awful series. <laughs> Like, it was supposed to be way cooler. Kind of like our mountains. Um, no, dude, that was the greatest stage design. The LED tape. Um, we have ever had. <laughs> that didn't quite make it. It was kind of a little <laughs> off. But mountains are a little off. But I thought it was the coolest thing. It had the graphic on screen, and it just continued into real life. It, it looked way cooler <laughs> in my mind. But uh, that's what I remember. And then um, 
Then we started really leaning in and young adults, I think was our first, because I took over young adults. You were the worship leader. And flipped it. We flipped it. Yeah. We completely changed it. And that went was to when like, I started planning my outfits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had the outfit conversation. So dumb. <laughs> it, looking back, I'm like, it was good for our growth, but I'm not that guy anymore. Um, yeah. So Which is I, probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So way back in the day, um, not really at all, but I, um, have always been the most stylish person in the room probably. Um, and I would always wear mega baggy jeans. Um, and I, I remember, I think, uh, at that time it was Kyle who was mm-hmm. our worship leader. We sat down and he was like, Hey man, so we just kind of want to go for a, we want to go for a look here or something like that. More clean look. More clean, absolutely. And so I was like, I, I can wear skinny jeans. And so that's probably why I wear nothing but skinny jeans. I'm scarred from that conversation. That's funny. That's, that's the earliest memory. And we started doing a ministry together there. I think that was our first taste of, uh, I guess, the, the duo coming together and dreaming about everything. And I think I only did that for... It was short. Six months, young adults. Yeah. And uh, then launching the campus. And I don't even remember how you became the guy. I want to say that I just said that you were going to be the guy. (laughs) And I was just like, I want Taylor to do it. Um, At that time, it was probably 100% because of your vocal ability and nothing else. (laughs) Like there was no other um, thing. And then... uh, that be, the rest is history after that. We worked together 10 years. Yeah, so 2013 launched Goose Creek Campus. Yeah. And that no. was when 2015. Yeah, that's when we got married. 2015 we launched the campus. 2015. Yeah. September 2015. Yeah. September 13th. We were on stage at North Charleston campus during the message, all of the people of God just sitting in the seats and she goes, when's our anniversary? And I was like, September 13th, 2015. <laughs> I was like, she goes, no, it's not. And I went, no, no that's, that's the day we church. launched the church. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So started that off and. In a school. Yeah. Set up and tear down portable. That was when I was doing worship leading. And then a couple of years. Else. Yeah. And meeting every Sunday morning at 5 a.m. to pick up a box truck that only worked when it wanted to. And <laughs> never in the winter. Never. So did that for a while and then went into associate pastoring because we raised up somebody who could do worship leading basically as good as I could. And I didn't want her to leave. So I was like, dude, you got to make her the worship leader because I'll do anything else. And so ended up doing that. And then... COVID hit. Gosh. Right after that. As we're putting out surveys to people about our fourth, fourth service. service. Yeah, we were launching a fourth service. That was probably the thing I had to die to the most. It wasn't not meeting for, you know, however long we didn't meet for. It was literally the fact that we were almost to four services. And to me, that was like... We were growing pretty rapidly again. And then, uh, yeah, we were, we were doing surveys about Saturday or Sunday evening services. I think I was going to do the Saturday service. Yep. Yeah, okay. God. And we were going to rotate you and me and Caleb and Karina would rotate with worship oh stuff to make it happen. We all would have had to have couples counseling. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Services. Not for long. We yeah. It sounded really cool, though. Yeah, it was a pride thing it for sure been, for me. <laughs> it would have looked really cool on social yes. media. I needed it on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so you guys... 
Um, this is this Sunday. We're recording this on a Friday night, so this Sunday will be the third Sunday meeting. Week three. That's crazy. It's wild. Gosh. Every moment after launch feels like a strange statement because of so many moments leading up to launch. Yeah. Okay. It was thirteen month journey to get to launch day, and now post launch day to speak of it post is very weird. Do you feel like? I mean, it's only going to be the third week, so it's still super fresh. But do you feel like every, almost like every week after launch, you feel like it gets a little bit easier? Set up and teardown does. Uh, we sure. feel the first week we got to set up on a Saturday night. So that made everything feel way easy. Yeah. But we got there early on Sunday morning and still like barely got ready. Um, everything crashed. Someone, to mark history... <laughs> Someone tripped over the power cord again, and we lost power to everything just like we did eight years before in our school as we were getting ready, except this time it wasn't my brother-in-law. So um, we have no no one has owned up to who tripped over the power cord, but 10 minutes before service on launch day, tripped power cord, and we found it five minutes before service as the countdown was starting and got all power back. So... Um, but yeah, I, I feel like we're finding a groove. I think our perspective of what a win on a Sunday has drastically shifted from when we were doing campus ministry for a large church compared to doing church uh, as a smaller launch. So, um, But I feel like everything's gone smooth. Our venue is aesthetically so pleasing that everything's easy. So that um, that's really nice, but yeah, week three feels weird. <laughs> feels weird. Do you feel Holly? I know, I know, I know. You can just say yes or no. I just want you to say a yes or no question, so they can hear your voice. She's here. Yeah, so they just know you are here, She's and Tyler is happily <laughs> married, and he's not doing this alone. <laughs> okay, I just we just want Holly people, loves I, to talk. Honestly, I just need people. <laughs> To know that I have friends, and this is really what this is for me, Holly. So it's just going to be a yes or no question. Do you feel you guys are doing pretty well? Yes, we are. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. Such a great answer. Oh, that's so nice. Um, so I want to talk about something. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> was she didn't even try to extend it. No. She, she just like... <laughs> We are. She's yeah, hilarious. Um, I wanna I wanna go back in time um, a little bit, and I wanna talk a little bit about funny stories. Which this is where you might come in a little more than I can, because I have the memory of a ninety nine year old with dementia. So we did. I mean, campus ministry stuff forever. Um, it feels like seven years. Yeah, seven years campus ministry. When we celebrated our tenth anniversary, I went. God, like, I guess this is the start of getting old. Like, this is That's this weird. is the point where things get, you know, go downhill from here. Um, but I, I want to talk about some of the funny moments that we've had because those are the things, man, ministry is made or, made or broken by the people that you're doing it with yeah. and the relationships that you have. And so I think one of the most... Um, one of the most encouraging things and probably the biggest lifeline, I, I would say, Liz, I don't know about you, but the biggest lifeline that I would say was the relationship we had in super difficult moments and in difficult, crazy things. And when 
random stuff happens and you just go, what is going on? Like this seems like really chaotic, but the relationships you have with your coworkers, if they are solid, you can make it through some pretty crazy stuff. So I don't know. I think about, um, the, the major one for me, it was the moment, gosh, what year was this where we were in this Christmas series and Christmas season, y'all at church is just <laughs> bonkers. Why are you laughing, Liz? That's where my mind went too. That's the exact story I was thinking. Of. I wasn't even going to tell that one. I was just going to mention the whole thing in general, but I guess now we should say it um, as she buries her face in a pillow. But Christmas season in church world is insane just because of the the crazy stuff. And so we were, we're doing all this stuff and we're set up and tear down. And so we're, we're doing our best to basically bribe people to come to church. So we have popcorn everywhere. We've got a hot chocolate going. Popcorn tents. I mean, yeah, we're not just doing like pop- the nostalgic yeah. popcorn Yeah, we're blowing tents. breakers because we're trying to pop yeah. our own popcorn too. I mean, just all kind of crazy junk. And, um, you know, one of the things we had was the chocolate fountain. And Liz just so happened to be in charge of the uh, the, the wake up team out in the foyer, and wake up team. as she was, uh, I know I'm bringing stuff back, and as she's getting everything ready in her beautiful Christmas shirt that she had just purchased, I'm pretty sure the weekend before, uh, you know, chocolate fountain just decides to spontaneously combust and just chocolate slinged slinging everywhere, like it's just crazy, including on the shirt, and she's a mess, and I am heavily involved in setting up and tearing down and doing all the, the stuff that comes along with the stressful Christmas stuff. So I'm mentally fried too. So that weekend we decided to just go to Myrtle beach and <laughs> the literally infamous Myrtle beach trip just drove, we drove right home and I was like, you have like five minutes to pack a bag and we're leaving. And so we did, we drove to Myrtle beach and had a cheap hotel that we booked on the way. And we went into a little hot tub out there that was probably terrible. And we just said, do we want to stay? <laughs> Cause this is kind of dumb. Like <laughs> if we're really honest, this is really worth it. And we decided to stay because the Lord hadn't called us away yet. Um, but that was, that was, it was wild. And I always think about that. I don't know why that was the, when you said funny stories from the past, all I thought was chocolate fountain. I think it's cause it's such a defining moment of like the tension of trying to do great things as a young church. But at the same time, faced with the reality of, it was hard. And I think you told me about the Myrtle Beach trip like two months later. And you're, thank God, for some reason I had enough pride because it should have created tons of insecurity where you're like, yeah, we're making a decision and whether we're going to leave or stay. And I guess I, it didn't phase me that much, but I remember going home and being like, geez, like, they were going to leave. That's a crazy thought. Yeah. Well, with that, like, it was just a lot of stress. And one of the, because Taylor was part-time at the church. Yeah. And so, and I splurged on that new shirt. And we, we've talked about it before in past podcasts. I was, like, very, I'm very tight-wired, and we weren't financially secure and so I was like, which I had nothing to do yeah, with. Yeah, no, no, no. Tyler did not <laughs> just have preface that now. No, but this was like the beginning, and so I feel like that that was in December, and so I think maybe one of the reasons why you weren't so stressed is because we we needed health insurance. This when like it was going to be mandatory, and you knew full time was coming because it came like what two weeks later, and I cried. You took me to ice yeah. cream and told me you got full time at the church, and I cried. But um, my my favorite, I think, was when we realized we. 
we're trying to figure out like I felt like we just became close. It feels like it was overnight. Yeah. And we're like, wait, when do we become friends? Yeah, like I still don't know the origin moment. Of like we can't, we can't name like this. When was did the we moment. actually be friends rather than just like we work together? Mm-hmm. And we we narrowed it down to like a, a season. Of we would come over to your house and watch Rich and Faith. Mm. And, ah, oh, you forgot about that. But, I did. Um, but we, but even then, it was like that season of us coming over to watch Rich and Faith. So just wow. a season of dreaming was kind of fun. And then like I'll walk around your apartment buildings. I think are my fondest memories. I struggle to remember the walks. I mean, y'all did just have like a kid too. Like we would push the stroller. Remember that, Holly? Yes or no? I do. Hey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk. Holly's whispering. Uh, I uh, which, which place was that that we walked at? Yeah, that was the one. Was it you, the spaghetti night location? Yeah, the spaghetti night. The one on Blue Ridge, right? Blue yeah, Ridge? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because y'all didn't go to Ashley, Ansley Common until after, like a month or so after he was born. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lyric was with us in our room for right. the first three months. Yep. Wow. See, I remember. That that apartment had more memories than I think any place we've ever lived. But Ansley Common had the saltwater pool. Oh, right. Gosh. That I never did go but into. But spaghetti nights, mm-hmm. the beginning of the church, walk, walk and talks. Yes. Yep. Uh, all of that happened at that little one bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those were fun. And then I got really involved because you brought me in a lot with the young adults when we had third Thursday, like creative night. Like I was out painting pine cones gold for yeah. the hunger game and yeah. stuff so it was really hunger fun. games yeah so it was fun because we got close because you <laughs> have a lot of value with including spouse too yeah and so like I, we joke all the time tyler and i are um the same person in the relationship and every time we go on vacation together tyler and i are walking quick talking and we're like where's our spouses <laughs> or like holly and taylor are ready for a nap and tyler's like all right we're gonna go hang out <laughs> See you we, later. We go find something. Yeah. You know what's funny about the that season of like you getting involved? Funny, speaking of funny moment, you were so involved that you even got a year in review. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tyler gave me a year in review and I wasn't his staff. I I was like, I'm just a You volunteer. weren't staff, but you were staff. You did yeah. more than any other human being ever did. You did more than probably our staff. Yeah. Uh, but also, I in that season, I think, it was my attempt to add value mm-hmm. to say that um, my only goal was to develop leaders and you were there. So I was like, I'm not going to have one with Taylor and Stacy and not have one with Liz. I remember, um, I can't remember which hurricane it was, but it was the moment I kind of like, not like pledged my loyalty to you, but like kind of like pledged my loyalty to our friendship. I was like, oh, well, we're going to be right or dies. It's because you defended Taylor like so much. But there was like one time where it was a hurricane and like a lot of key people left when they shouldn't have left. Mm. And so Taylor was picking up this person's slack and then this person's slack and then this person's slack. And then Tyler comes over and he's like, you're not going to treat my employee like the redheaded stepchild of fake. Jeez. And I quote. And I quote. <laughs> I, I remember it so vividly. And I was like, yeah, you tell him, Tyler. You tell him. Yeah, what's sticking with you for life? If it was only that easy. No, I, I remember. It. It's so funny as you talk about these memories, they become very vivid. And I have been thought about these since. It's, it's insane. But I do think what 
linked us together more than anything is one, you guys served like crazy. Um, it's natural who y'all are. Y'all serve more than anyone mm. ever asked. But at the same time, I think also Holly and I have this deep devotion to our people are our people. Um, so if you're going to, if you're going to work with us, you're going to get all the enjoyment with us too. And so I, uh, we just don't like doing things alone. Neither one of us have a complex of needing to be the it person or anything. So those those memories are always so funny. And yeah, we went to bat for you guys a few times. So, sometimes there was some selfishness in it, though, because I'm like, you're not going to use Taylor because I need to use Taylor. I'm not going <laughs> to. If he bails on me, yeah. I'm coming after yeah. you. <laughs> so I was defending my own honor a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but sure, yeah, I did my best. Ugh fun times I haven't thought about these moments in a long gosh. time gosh this is like I still think about them I think about everything at all times I think about the <clears throat> the lessons learned um in all of the ridiculous I remember I, I'll say probably um matter of fact we were in a, a staff meeting I think it was last week and we were talking about something with social media or something else but I like in a funny way referenced like how my old boss used to like ride me so hard to make sure if we had major events that like that day we were celebrating them on socials because people needed to know and it was you know telling a good story I don't even know if I do that with my own now but but, but you caught a little plug I did yeah. telling I mean the best story wins yeah. like right that's okay, okay. story church anyway um, <clears throat> but I, just, I remember that um, and it's those I, I don't know how good I was when I first started with you at Goose Creek, but I do remember that we clawed to get to where we were. And yeah. it was cool to be able to just fumble through a lot of that stuff and try it, get good feedback that was like, hey, that looks not great. We should probably redo that. Um, <laughs> what are you, what was your thought process? Hey. Tape the tablecloths. Tape the You have to tape They the can't blow in the wind. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my team, thank God. Yeah, gosh. But it's all that stuff you just pick up and you, you have to pick up. And we were joking earlier um, about how I still live in Goose Creek and now you live in the Spartanburg area and you've got to learn all of those things like over again. Yeah. Because we talked about it too. Like campus pastoring is much different than lead pastoring. Yeah. Planting. Like that's... It's two different, totally different things. So give us like, I don't know, because I think people would be kind of curious to see this perspective. Remind us, and it's kind of funny because we just talked about this, but for the people, I mean, obviously listening, um, 18 and a half of you, let them know like from your perspective, the difference between what you would say your experience was campus pastoring and, and lead pastoring. Wow. Yeah. I know, um, loaded question. I, yeah, I think it's a, a book that someone out there needs to write. I don't, I don't have time to write it, nor do Taylor's trying to get me to write four books, yeah. but I keep telling him I don't have anything to say. Um, no, I think, I think there's the obvious ones. Um, one, when we launched a campus, um, we were 100% resourced and, um, encouraged and, um, finances were taken care of. Uh, I had a Bless. staff, something I did, didn't realize how valuable it was, even with part-time staff in the early days. Um, having a staff was a game changer. Um, 
I think probably the biggest thing I would say is for us, we planted a campus that had two major benefits. One, it's from where we were from. So we had relationships from kindergarten on with people that we could reach out to and invite along the journey. Two, you had, and this is probably the biggest thing I've learned, you had, from my understanding, over 35 years maybe now of Pastor Larry's commitment to Faith Church. And so he had built reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a brand that had notoriety and understanding by the community. Yeah. And so when we announced we were launching a campus in that city, we came with a logo and a pastor who had built rapport and respect in the community for 30 plus years. And I think a lot of times that's what people are looking for is they're looking for stability. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for someone who's not going to show up and throw a great event this week, but will still be doing it 20 years from now. Yeah, okay. It'll still be serving people. And so we moved to Spartanburg. I think we figured out we didn't know that we knew people in Spartanburg. But when we moved here, we knew zero people. Um, Dang. We, our first day that we went out um, of the house, we just wanted to get out. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know how to get there. And there was no one to go with. And, um, <laughs> and we met a couple in a park and changed our life. Truthfully, like I think Holly would be willing to admit, I think day one is the day she decided we should probably go back home and do something else. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I might be the same way. And day two, we met this couple. And it just... To be honest, the first 48 hours really um, highlighted how difficult it was going to be having no, there was nothing to prove that we were trustworthy, that we were mm-hmm. going to be here, that we were stable. And so I, I think that's really the major difference. Um, I think the benefit of campus life and what um, we were a part of at Faith, which is, I think, one of the greatest gifts now to the church, is um, faith can make a decision tomorrow. We're going to go to this community and we're going to launch a healthy, amazing church there. And they can actually accomplish it because of finances, all those things, but bigger, um, a proven track record compared mm-hmm. to we've spent the last 14 months trying to convince people, um, we're trustworthy. We plan to stay that we're going to be here. So, um, I could talk about this probably for <laughs> four hours. Um, no, that's good though. I, I think those are the big, that's the biggest thought though, is we did not quite understand how important it is, how important reputation is to the building of a church. I don't remember what context it was, but something, the phrase, there was a phrase I heard a long time ago, but something moves at the speed of relationships. Yep. And I, I think that in my zero experience, of uh, church planting that I would assume church planting is that way because we talked to the stilts, I think it is <clears throat> over in Japan. And they were saying that they've been there for what a year, I think it was And the first full year they were there. They weren't hosting major services. They weren't doing all these big events or anything like that. They were simply building relationships with people just doing the same thing you said. And I mean, they're like what 3000 miles away. So it's crazy that you're, in, Same in exact a, process right. here. Yeah, for for twelve months, our only goal was not to build a church, launch a service. Even like I would say, in the last couple months, we started focusing on even using terminology team. Mm. 
for at least, I would say, nine months, the only goal was to establish relationships, to make friends at a ball field. It's massive. Um, to, because those would build what we were, I was talking about was missing. We met this family on day two. Mm-hmm. We hung out with them again. And when we hung out with them, there were people that we met later that were letting us know they were telling that family how crazy they were to bring these strangers into their home <laughs> around their children. And we were talked about that way. And, you know, knowing you guys, it's like, how could someone say that about right, us? Right. We're an amazing family. We're, we're kind. We're good people. But you think about the principal. Right. They met us in a park. <laughs> and three days later, we're sitting in their living room. And But what it what I was getting at is it built that relationship that led to another relationship that we joined a baseball team because of that. And I became friends with the coach and some of the other families based upon that story. And they had a level, a small, Mm. but a level of trust was built because we seemed trustworthy to their friends. So just that, like one interaction built what, but you know, compare that to 30 years of doing that by Pastor Larry and the church at Faith oh, yeah, as a sure. whole. That's the difference maker. It, it gets compounded, I think, at, at some level. It's like just snowballs. Like yeah. you start faithfully and then the Lord just makes it. And the longer you're around, the, the bigger that snowball is. People don't, I don't <laughs> think we say it in language, but we are far, we are people of stability and consistency far more than we like to admit. Our culture is always changing. And things are always changing, oh, but yeah. at the end of the day, we go to the tried and true. Uh, we find peace and we find safety in the tried and true. Mm. Um, it's why reviews on Yelp and things still matter. Right. Um, I think because we're looking for something that's proven. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think about this? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's big. Um, back in college. Was Charlie Dawes in your life in college? Yes. Okay. So we, we talked about him a little bit, and you mentioned that he had just called, we were talking earlier, um, and you mentioned that he had just called you somewhat recently. Yeah. So that was, when did you first meet him? I met him, I served my sophomore year of college on his spiritual formation team at Southeastern University. So I was under his leadership for a semester. And we were friends, yeah. you know, our mentorship style yeah. friendship, um, all through my college experience. So you first meet him in college and, and even recently he's calling you and he's talking and you guys, I, I don't want to, I guess I'd, I'd be curious to know what that kind of ongoing relationship looks like for somebody that saw you as a punk kid in not as much as uh, as other leaders have spoken into your life. Um, he may have been a little bit more graceful than some of you told me about. But um, I would be curious to hear from you how impactful that those ongoing relationships of people like him, who yeah. saw you as you know just a college student, that now see you as, as a lead pastor that still continue to mentor to some level and still pour into you, to know what kind of impact that has on you now. Yeah, I... I think, first of all, to create a realistic expectation, I think Charlie Dawes and I have spoken 10 times in 10 years, um, yeah. like or less. Um, it's not consistent. We would see each other at a church event, like a conference or something like that. 
Uh, we'd make connection about we stayed connected over Instagram because we both love golf and yeah. we would, you know, comment about golf stuff and things like that. But, um, yeah, in, in this season, as we took a huge step of faith, there's been those people that have been ongoing relationships that have gotten involved, um, in some way, whether encouraging us, supporting us, things like that. I think the biggest thing, um, for me in this season has just been recognizing, um, relate tons of relationships look different. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. they're not all, we talk every week. I don't, I have very few people that I speak to consistently every week, every two weeks, even every month. But I think just that little bit of belief yes. in this season, um, I think it's far more valuable than we're willing to admit. And often we don't experience that because we're not forced to, uh, Holly and I stepped out into a season where Truthfully, I mean, we probably felt like we were facing the impossible more than any other season of our life. Um, there was moments where you can ask Holly, um, she can say yes again on the podcast. But, uh, <laughs> but I think more than any other season of my life, I made the comment, this might not work. I've always had a sense of confidence yeah. um, because we had the covering. Like, right. it's like, okay, if if when we launched the campus, it didn't go well, we can just be like, well... It's okay. We tried. Um, maybe I can go back to young adults. Yeah, um, but something to fall back yeah, on. There was yeah. something. There was always a catch, and um, <laughs> the weight was always on the leader um, that we served under, and not on us. And in this season, impossible. So I think for me, the friendships in this season, um, even acquaintances that took time to reach out and say, "Proud of you," uh, "Believe in you." Um, I've made the joke quite a few times with. Our, even our team that's joined us and um, helped us launch the church. I say, if I believed in myself as much as everyone else believes in me, I could be pretty powerful. You'd be um, doing some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had uh, one person <laughs> on our team that always said, uh, we made the comment, um, 95% of our team had never heard me preach before. Um, they signed up to launch a church and they didn't even know if I could preach. Like, are you they didn't, sure? Yeah, like... <laughs> It was solely <laughs> relational. They had no idea if we were what kind of church we were going to launch. We right. didn't even tell them what it was going to look like because um, you had no idea. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we still are trying to figure it out. But, but I think um, one of the one of the people on our team would always say, like, Pastor, once they hear you preach, and I would say back, I'd be like, That's amazing. I wish I believed in my preaching as much as you do. Gosh. So, so I think moments like Charlie Dawes and and many others in my life, those just conf- those confirming voices who at some point in my life as a college student spoke that purpose and calling over my life yeah. to continually to confirm it. I think in this season more than any, um, I would say was absolutely necessary. Yeah. That's a killer uh, reality check of these voices that speak into your life, maybe in the past, aren't going to be as, uh, present and as consistent all the time. But I think it, to me, this is the importance of, I can, I can recall so many amazing people that I served in ministry alongside. I think of like a Jeremy Glover. I think of like a Drew Myers and I'm naming these people and I'm, I'm in my mind going like, man, they sacrificed really so much for my leadership as I tried to do for them as best I could. And sometimes I'll sit and I'll get a little bit convicted because I'm like, man, I, they meant so much to me and I may have meant a little bit to them. And I wish that I would be better at just texting every now and then 
So I think that two things. One, I think it's important that when you transition out of a season in a ministry or in a church, a young leader, that you don't burn bridges. Um, So when you leave, man, make sure that you leave well. Um, You never, ever want to leave a sour taste in anybody's mouth because, one, you never know what the future is going to hold. And then, two, you never know what kind of mark that you've left on someone's life. And you could be a Charlie Dawes to them in in the future if you have that open kind of consistent, not consistent always, but like if you've got that, that text every now and then that comes in just says, hey, man, like the guy you're telling me about, like, hey, the first thing I thought about this morning was you. And yeah. it was like, well, we haven't talked to me in like months. But it's just that, hey, like sometimes I'll get convicted because I want to reach out. I just won't think about it. But you're hinting at a big topic that we had for years and years that I always said, which was seasonal friendships. I don't was like that. It was a constant. I, I still believe in it. In a different way. This is definitely a list topic, too. Yeah, Tyler and I believe in seasonal friendship. Taylor has, I think, abandonment issues, and he needs to work <laughs> it out in therapy. <laughs> that because is Because every time, like, uh, someone transition, even in a healthy way, he gets so sad and, like, takes it so personally. I'm like, it's not even about you, bro. Which is a good thing because it proves a level of care and closeness. I. When I I always make the joke of seasonal friendships because I one I acknowledge that they are real. Um, two though I think I think there's an opportunity in every single season that people come into your life and our expectations these days are that people come in our life and they never leave and if they left it has to be negative versus viewing things through the gift of the seasons we have with people. Um, for instance, a voice like Charlie Dawes a Chris Owen, and Andrew Gard that I sat under in college. Very little talk now. I've connected with some of them more recently through things, but but what if I never did? Does it devalue the fact that I had three amazing men of God speaking to my life for four years of my life, and I became and was shaped by those things? And I think also understanding this, new revelation is not necessary for consistent growth. Um I still go back to the same statements they said 10 years ago, and I can grow today because of it. And so I, I think it's just understanding that um, and also understanding the nature of some relationships. I think some relationships are like this. We we share a phone plan. Yeah, we're we like, share a phone. We have to in. be friends. Um, we are locked in I, I got to be nice to you guys so that you send the Venmo. Um, exactly. But, but I, I think... Understanding, I think the goal should always be that our relationships are strong, even with distance. But I think also, I some friendships do and some friendships don't. I look back on Holly and I's life, like even before we got close with you guys, there were friendships that we had that felt just as close as you guys, that we still love these people dearly, but we haven't talked to them in years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's just a, it's a pattern. I. I think you give your whole heart to people in the seasons that you have them. And if that continues, for instance, like you guys, I think y'all would be a lifelong friendship. Um, it's a different nature now, but, um, but I think it's a lifelong friendship. Awesome. But there's others that we love just as much that we won't have contact with as nearly as much. And yeah, it's always been a topic for me. I think it's always been a topic for me too, because it helps me cope. With the fact that I always knew at some point I was gonna I was gonna move and do what I felt like God was calling us to do, so maybe it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> that that definitely is something that I would I would love to continue growing in because it is it, it probably is 
um, you joke, but it may be some kind of some kind of trauma with abandonment of, you know, I have to, um, I have to be close to these people and I have to be connected to be valuable. And if I'm not, then it's like, Oh, there goes my value. And all my purpose is gone from that. But we're getting deep here. Yeah. That was a good thought. That's a great thought. That was really good. Liz is helping you right now. Any, uh, <laughs> any last words from anybody? I think it's sad that we haven't taught. Yeah. Holly has to close us out. I think I it's sad that we've, we've, <laughs> we've had this entire conversation. We've never talked about probably the greatest things we've ever done in our friendship, which are our vacations. Ow. We've talked about those. The cruise. Here's, here's the crazy part. We were co-workers that vacationed away from work together. And I think that's a Not special Not once, part. though. No, multiple. multiple times. That's the key, yeah. Multiple times. Because, yeah, that is the tell. Right. If we actually liked it. Anybody can do it once. Yeah. Yeah, when you go back. Where was our like, first one? It was Bahamas. No, Jamaica. It's Jamaica. Yeah, Jamaica because we did the Jamaica and Grand Caymans. Oh, we got baked because we refused to that's, put on any suntan lotion. <laughs> that's the lobster one. God, we, we got we got uh, in trouble on social media for yeah. being burnt. Post yeah. one picture of everybody sunburned and all of the all their <laughs> reminders sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Jet skis in Haiti were great, yeah. <laughs> the jet skis. All I remember about the jet skis is the guy who was confidently signed up to be number one, and then he got put in the very back because he was awful on a jet ski. Because <laughs> you remember they asked who's like experienced jet oh, I've skiers. I've done this a hundred times. And, Come on. Yeah, this guy. I always remember that. We loved Haiti. Haiti yeah. was nice. Obviously not Haiti. It was, you know, the private, it royal, was private, yes, boxed off part of <laughs> Haiti. Yeah, yeah, we love Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. yeah, but but we don't like to. I mean, maybe like to visit Haiti. Yeah, zipline. We didn't do a zipline. We didn't do it, but we said we had to go back yeah, to do it because yeah. it like starts at the top of a mountain and ends on the beach. I'm still trying to find as many jet ski excursions on cruises as I can, but they're not yeah. common. No, they're not in all of them. The only oh, disappointment about is. the jet ski thing is I thought we were going to like go jet skiing, but pretty yeah. much we played like follow the leader. Yeah. And we got sold on like buy $10 <laughs> random rocks All or these something. people in canoes just yeah. come over and they're like, we buy kept this having stuff. To stop. <laughs> like, I don't want it. <laughs> I can buy this on the, on the shore. No, I, the cruises are some of my most treasured memories in oh. life. Like we love vacation and we would get a lot of flack from people even at work about the fact that we vacation together. We'll just tell them that when we had last call at the casino. Right, right. We, we'll keep that out of here. <laughs> My favorite with any of the cruises was the time where we were still planting the church um, was when we ran into somebody. Okay, so let me tell us from the beginning. Let's tell it from the beginning. So we already had the cruise planned and paid for because that's what Clyde's do. And so we're just talking casually with somebody that just trying to get coffee at the church. And we're like, yeah, we're excited about this cruise we're oh, taking. Port is eight hours away. Right. It's a Florida port, Port Canaveral probably, Fort Lauderdale. It was Miami. Miami. So it's Miami yeah. port, very specific, eight hours away from where we were. So we're just casually talking, getting excited about the thing. And somebody that's getting coffee goes, oh, that's crazy. I'm, I'm going on a cruise this weekend. And we were like, that's wild. But don't think anything more about it because, come on, cruises go out of every port in the world. So it's definitely not going to be the same one. And uh, we are just walking, I think, through the hallway, right? And yeah. we just randomly stumble upon it was like this person. Day one, 
day one of the cruise and we're like, man, we can't wait to get away from everybody and just let loose and just <laughs> relax. And then here we are <laughs> with, immediately with someone we did not expect to see. <laughs> it was uh, a moment for uh, sure. Yeah. We, <laughs> the cruises are so many memories, so many funny things. So many memories of the sea, Liz. You remember, um, you remember the riding the um, the wave on the back of the boat? Getting taken out by the wave. Yeah. You hit hard. You hit the floor. Also, like trying, I remember there was always <laughs> defining moment in friendship, and I don't think we've ever talked about this with the cruise, mm. but it's like that we, we, the second one we did joining rooms. Did we have joining rooms on the first? We did, but it was an it was an accident, but the second it was intentional. Yes. But the, the defining moment dead of the relationship joined, yes. is like, we're really close, but it was the constant like struggle or tension of going is now a moment to reach out and like get, or give them their space <laughs> okay. Or, okay. or to knock on the door and be like, are we hanging? It was a constant. This is every single text that Liz goes to text you guys. Yep. She's like, should I call the stills? And I was like, no, they are literally busy doing anything <laughs> right now. They're probably do And every time she's like, okay. It, every single time. I remember I'm a, I'm the epitome of an Enneagram seven. I tell everyone I'm a seven, seven, like, I don't ever want to be away from people, especially when we're together. So <laughs> as great as the time is with my wife, conviction over here, trying to be a better <laughs> husband, I'm like, what are the clients doing? She's like, I'm sure they want some time to themselves. Like they might go do something. They're probably bored. They want to hang yeah. out. And, and I'm something. like, well, I'm over here like, I was like at one point, because at the second cruise, we had first cruise, we had conjoining rooms, but we had windows. But then we upgraded to balconies the second cruise. So we had our balconies connected. So I remember I would like sit on the balcony <laughs> trying to see if I was like, well, maybe they'll come out if they want to hang out with us. Well, no, you can't tap on because you can't cross the balcony lines in case you can peek into the room because right. privacy. This proves how close we are, though. Yeah. Well, my favorite is because we, the only reason we left from Carnival and went to Royal Caribbean's last time is because we could not find conjoining rooms with Carnival because we were booking like pretty close right. to like when we wanted to cruise. So we called and we called Carnival trying to find it. And they're like, well, if you guys, I was like, we're close. We want conjoining rooms. And she said, <laughs> which is really bizarre. Yeah. She's like, do you guys want to just share a suite together? <laughs> and I was like, we're not that close. We're not that close. I mean, we're close, but. Not no, we're no, not no, sleep no. in the same room class. Yeah, no, like, we, we need a little separation. <laughs> we don't need rumors started. I mean, yeah, we had that song we would joke about, that rumor song with you yeah. and I. Because, yeah. well, also because Holly and Tyler, I mean, I, it's Tyler and Taylor. I get tongue-tied whenever you guys are together. But whenever Holly and Taylor were ready for the afternoon naps... <laughs> Tyler and I would go explore the boat and do, and they're like, oh, it's like, where's your spouse? Like, oh, you guys married? We're like, no, our spouses are sleeping, but in separate rooms. Yeah, it was like, always a weird interaction. <laughs> and it felt, it's fine. We've all gotten close enough to it. It's not a big deal, but so funny. it is very funny. It's, it, I remember, the, I remember a few of those moments where it's like, oh, you and your bride want to do this? And I'm like, um, she's not She might, but here. she's actually taking a nap right now. <laughs> um, which is the epitome of Holly on a cruise. It, really the epitome of Holly. Holly is going to take it's a the nap. Best. And if it's 2.30 in the afternoon, that's, it's a CS When I think of nap time on the second cruise, all I think about is we watched 
the Disney movie Coco probably 50 times. And the greatest show when you're right. And the greatest yeah. showman. <laughs> Holly, that would have been a moment to get close to the mic and say, and the greatest showman. But no, the, the cruises, I think it says something about ministry. I guess a closing thought for me. The way we've chosen to do ministry, technically I was your boss for all of those seasons. Never felt that way. Moments did. Moments where I had to do my job. Um, Many moments like that felt like that to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, and it's even something we're always trying to navigate, even in this season, as we're working with a lot of amazing volunteers, is um, I have this love for collaborating. Um, Mm. I I have strong opinions, but never... um, do it myself and be the guy with all the answers. Um, not to, this sounds super humble and I wouldn't call myself super humble, but just in the sense I, I love doing ministry and life with people. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the unique things about our relationship was that, was that from the very beginning, I felt like it was really, you could say group Stacy into this too. Um, getting her on a podcast would probably be your, <laughs> Lord Jesus. You would you would go viral, um, but one anointed podcast. Yeah. I'll tell you that you would either cry or you'd laugh a lot. <laughs> um, but I think just our commitment to doing things together. There were moments I had to be a boss, but at the same time, we did everything together. Like we 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 always say we built Faith Goose Creek yeah. with the Clydes. It wasn't like I built it and the Clydes were with us and we had a great team. It was more of like no these couples came together and built this church and it was by all measures successful and still is today and being pastored well today by an amazing couple that joined that crew. Yeah. And, um, I think that was always the thing. We got weird statements by some people of like you vacation with your staff. Um, we had others who envied it and wanted oh, yeah. to replicate it, Gosh. you know? So yeah, they, and we had others who wanted to join us and all those things. But <laughs> for me, I think it was the coolest thing is, um, it just proved for me that you can do both. I think one thing, a conversation yeah. we talked about a lot was, can you be boss, coworker and friend? Oh yeah. And some people feel like I've read articles where like, you can't be friends. And I'm like, I yeah. like that. What else you got? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's a lame excuse to not deal with the tension. I think we found a unique opportunity, especially me and Taylor, of understanding the moments when we were just friends and understanding moments when we had to do our jobs. And right. part of my job was being a boss. And so I think we found that. I don't know that if we could write about it because I don't know if we know why it worked. Um, maybe you can. You, no, I think for me it takes a, a – I have – I've always kind of understood my role in life to be one that is like an armor bearer and a very second chair. I'm very comfortable being in the second chair. And I, I've, even in this current season now, um, I would say that I find more contentment than others who could be in this position because I'm not trying to build my own kingdom and push my own agenda and my own preferences with stuff, I have no trouble finding um, or, or grabbing the vision from my leadership and then making it happen. Yeah. And I think that that is, that is something I think that the Lord gifted me with um, and being okay with that. But that... It's unique. 
the the longer I'm around, I, I do find that it is unique and it is it is definitely a grace. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the the thing is, you just have to find out how your leader is and how you are, and then you find the balance. Yeah. But until you know how you are, you have no idea, you know, how the whole thing is going to work. So I think the same on the leadership side. I think every relationship of a staff I ever had was different, and I just had to learn the people. Like we, there were some that were natural, and and even if certain people listen to this that worked for me, will know others were not so natural. Yeah. But we made all of them work. Right. And I think it's a devotion. I think the key, and I try not to preach, but. <laughs> I think the key is you have to value people above what they do and value people yeah. above what they offer you and what they can achieve for you. Um, I read a book a long time ago. I don't remember what it was. Uh, it was that year I read 48 books. God. And I have to claim that one year because I've never gotten close right. ever again. But it's always the benchmark. Yeah, it's the bench. It, it's <laughs> what I tell people that when I they yeah, yeah, read yeah. a lot, I'm like, well, I read 48, oh. you know, one year. But What year was that? 2013? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was before I had children. I'll just say that. Um but I'll never forget there was this one highly successful CEO um, in Asia somewhere. And he wrote that he never fired anyone and never would because he wouldn't fire his son. Therefore, he wouldn't fire anyone that came under his leadership. And I don't know if that's a great principle, but I remember the one takeaway I took away from it was the principle that people... Every person we worked with should have the same value that I had. I put on my children, and my mm. boys are my life. I I don't care about anything as much as I care about them. Love them more than anything. I love being a father more than any other title. And um, there's not a failure they could bring into life to make me write them off in any way. And so when you view people that way, I think uh, it changes the game. And it was fun. It was a fun seven year journey. Whew of life and now we get to redefine it but we haven't been on a vacation together in I, I, I you didn't even have to turn the phone around Liz I, I was just gonna say but my wife's probably literally pulling it up right now what was it 2019? Yeah, 2019 that's not true yeah it was before what? COVID and we didn't get to go the oh, next we were so. planning to go 2020 but COVID hit mm-hmm. and then cruises kind of went non-existent for a year. Yeah. I don't even know what regulations are now. And then we wanted to plan a church. So, right, and you guys right. wanted to go to Japan. Japan. So we did want to do that. We got to make it happen though. Cause I personally didn't have a baby, but yeah, you can't Holly, blame did you, a baby on him. Holly, did you have a baby? Yes. <laughs> Affirmative. You heard it here first. Oh, well, hey, thank you guys so much um, for both being here and uh, suffering with us for a little bit. I, as soon as we knew we were coming, I, I said, Liz, we have to do this. This is literally, we've mentioned these guys in so many episodes before this, um, and your friendship means so much. And so we figured we want to honor you with this. Um, and now, if you die, we have your voice that we can listen back to. That's... <laughs> we, can... <laughs> we joke about that sometimes. Liz, like, we'll take a dumb video of me on the couch. And she, I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, because when you die, I can watch this. I'm, I'm, like, I'm glad you explained that thoughts. because when you said when you said we joke about this sometimes, I thought you were saying we joke about you dying sometimes. No. Like that was my thought. No way. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, now, yeah. The, the well, podcast as long as we get our turn. royalties at the end of this, you know, we yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. We so make, much. Uh, how much do we make per episode, Liz? I think we pay. We pay per episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is a horrible deal. Welcome to the last episode. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, thanks everybody for listening to this. Uh, we're excited that you join us in this conversation. As always, if you know somebody that can benefit from this or somebody who might like the conversation, be sure to share this uh, and rate, subscribe, and view and share this podcast everywhere that you are listening to it right now. As always, we would love to hear future episode ideas. So you can follow us on Instagram at at at, at Taylor Clyde at at, at, at Elizabeth P. Clyde. That was just, you know, audible cues, so you know exactly how to how to find us. So uh, shoot us some ideas, shoot us a DM with some ideas for some future episodes of conversations that you would like us to have. But until next time, we'll see you on the other side. You gotta send us out like you always do, Liz. Bye bye. See you guys. Bye.